What's up, Keith? Hey, Rodney. How you doing? Fantastic, man. How about you? Yeah. What's new? Uh, not a whole lot. You know, got yeah. a new got a new gig at work, which is nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's new. Congrats. How about you? What's going on with you? May I got a new gig at work and uh, been working on working on ice baths and holding my breath for ridiculously long periods of time. I'm talking about minute, minute and a half, almost two minutes. Uh, you, fami- okay. you familiar with Wim Hof? So, no. Okay. So, why? Wim Hof, they call him Iceman Hof, came up with this breathing technique. Actually, it's not even just breathing. There's this entire technique where he claims he can... Uh, modulate his immune system and his overall health through breathing ice bath treatments or ice showers ice this dude swims in glacial lakes underneath ice like he'll put a hole in ice swim underneath it and come back to it's it's madness and so i just figured i'd give it a try i actually do it before workouts so it's like it's almost like a controlled hyperventilation which doesn't exist you can't control hyperventilation so it's just this controlled breathing that over oxygenates your body and you kind of get this oxygen high. So before a workout, it's awesome because you like pump up and you can do way more reps. Reps, bro. Reps. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like something Tom Brady would sell. You think you think you can get TB12 brand on something like that? I bet TB12 is about. I bet he's been out to uh, Wim Hof's training site out in the Nordics. Somewhere. I'm, I'm sure he has. It's, this it's, this it's is this is bananas. I'm not even gonna say. Let me know how it goes, cause I'm not gonna try it. Welcome to More in Common. Welcome back if you've joined us before, and welcome if this is your first time listening. Um, More in Common is a podcast where we look to have conversations around difficult topics such as race, politics, religion, mental health, but really trying to evaluate people's stories and how they come to think about these different things based on their background and history. Um, We look to challenge our ability to evolve how we see each other and how we think about each other's thoughts. The idea is to expose, really, that we do have more in common than we do different, regardless of where we come from and and where those where our thoughts are rooted. Um, we seek to inspire thoughtful and honest conversation that does lead to change in action. Um, I do have a quick side note to mention that we're super excited to have our t-shirts readily available. They, we, have a, we have a small stock on our website at moreincommonpod.com. We've worked uh, quite a few hours over the last few weeks to, to get these together and get, get our website up and running to be able to, to sell them to, to those who want to buy. So we're super excited about this. So please go visit moreincommonpod.com. Check out the t-shirts if you want one. And um, we're, we're taking orders until we're out of stock and, and we'll evaluate uh, next steps from there once we, we need to refill and once what kind of demand we see from these shirts. So that being said, uh, today with us, we have Ken Long. Uh, Ken is a software engineer based in Los Angeles. 
And in this conversation, we explore a variety of different things, right? We explore what is evil. Um, we talk about some things that that are on, you know, a, a little bit uncomfortable, but they really challenge the way you think about about people and and how you want to you know address and and learn who people are. Um, what's really interesting about Ken is Rodney met Ken as he almost hit him with his car, and it took Ken about six months to learn who Rodney was, even though he saw him almost every single day. Um, so, you know, stick with us to learn, you know, about Ken and why, why that is and why that struggle for him to get to know people is so important um, because it's not for him a matter of getting to know people. It's a matter of remembering who they are. So um, we're excited to bring this episode to you again. Uh, enjoy the show and if you, if you if you have any feedback for us always you know feel free to leave it on our website shoot us a note on facebook or um you know shoot us an email as well i i take pleasure from being nice like when you when you strip everything else away it's like the thing that makes you happy is like what keeps you going and if what makes you happy is being greedy or like shoving children, then if you're not doing it, then you're unhappy. And if you are doing it, then you're happy. And I am lucky enough that the thing that makes me happy is uh, being helpful. Welcome to, or back to, More in Common. Today, we are with Ken Long. Howdy. Yeah. Thank Hello. you for having me. Where'd you grow up? Like, I, I tell gotcha. us a little bit so, about yourself. So, I was born and raised in Gulf Coast, Texas, and this is uh, I'm I'm I was born in the '70s, so I was there for all of the computer stuff, and there wasn't a whole lot going on in our town, and there wasn't a whole lot going on in our family, so. We were, I have a, a younger brother and an older sister, and we were self-entertaining, and my brother and I were just madly in love with technology, and not having a computer in the house, computers being all the rage, we would go to the mall and play with the computers, and go to the library and play with computers, and I would check out these horrific, like, 1960s books on computers and, like, try to glean any information as, like, a 14-year-old, um, and learned some computer stuff and then they like when i was 13 texas passed a law that said they had to teach computer classes so this would have been 1985 and then they made the art teacher teach a computer class and she said who knows about computers and i raised my hand she's like great we're going to teach a class so um so i started learning computer stuff when i was 16 my mom was sick of gulf coast texas and the mosquitoes and the, the humidity so she had a friend that had moved to oregon and she was like this is my jam so uh this is my the beginning of my junior year in high school just before that we moved to oregon to salem um which i i love oregon salem's a little bit of an ashtray um it's what um, I'm curious as to why you call it an ashtray, but also, what was that move like? Junior, you said junior year. Ju just before my junior year, was that hard on you? Easy. Yeah. Uh, I I was happy. I had <clears throat> so. <clears throat> 
I wasn't popular growing up. I befriended... I didn't care what group you were in. So, like, at lunch, everybody had the table they would sit at. I would sit at different tables. And I would just kind of like, today I'm sitting at this table, and tomorrow I'll sit at this table. And I was, like, casual friends with all the groups. But I was a little bit of a dork. And I knew it, but I wasn't really sure why I wasn't popular. And so... One day I was like, I'm going to figure out why I'm not popular. And I started taking notes. And for two months, I watched. So there's like tiers of popular kids. There's like the super popular kids. And then there's the, the just below that. They're like trying a little bit too hard, but they're like up in that upper echelon. So some fun facts. The most popular kids uh, spoke about a third as much as the lower tier. The hmm. most popular kids spoke about a third as much as the other kids. Okay. In other words, the ones that were trying to be popular tried to talk their way yep, into popularity. They sure did. And also, the, the very top echelon, uh, they never said a mean thing. Never heard Rob Burroughs say a single mean thing to anyone. Can, um, did you have a definition for popular, like as you made these tiers and echelon, or was it just like a? No, you. Just, everybody knows Raquel. Every, she's everybody knows. Everybody that Ryan, loves her. Yeah, Ryan Potter's popular. Rob yeah. Burroughs is popular. You know. Uh, so where did you fall in that echelon after you took notes? Oh, and, so <clears throat> yeah, so it, you, but, you know, took lots of notes and and. Mm-hmm. I would be at the at the bottom. I was in a, but not at the bottom. I was at the side. I was at the side where, like, because I don't believe in, I don't believe in class systems. I don't believe in groups. I mean, I know they exist. I just don't care. So mm. uh, why put yourself in a group? Why put yourself in a class system? So I was friends with everybody. I just wasn't popular. And so what, after like two months of taking notes, I was like, all right. This is a pretty good checklist that I have. And some of it was like, uh, don't wear the same pants like once a week. You can only wear a pair of pants once a week and you can only wear a shirt once every two weeks. So there's like, there's like fashion stuff, but, and hygiene stuff. Like I was like, oh shit. Like I would take a bath every like three days. Like that's, the popular kids are clean and they are hmm. like great haircuts. Uh, so I, instead of my mom paying the like, 350 for like a barbershop haircut from a family friend i started like riding my bike down to supercuts and getting like a, a real haircut like a real boy and bought good clothes and took a bath every morning you know or, and, like did all of the things on the list and it worked like it, it worked in a ridiculously short period of time and so that was uh during my sophomore year that I figured this out. So rolling up to the end of the sophomore year, um, I'm now becoming popular and Ooh. I have friends and I'm really happy. Like I've gotten, gotten some things figured out and my mom's like, okay, we're moving. We're moving to Oregon. So that sucked. But what was nice is when you move to Oregon, I'd never been the new kid in a school and Oregonians hate people from California, hate people from California so with a vile passion. They love Texans like 
uh, it's like being a British person, you know, like in Texas, like the, because I showed up and I'm this like skinny little skater with, uh, with a tan and a little bit of a twang. And my brother and I both sang and we both sang pretty well. So like we were in the choir and they had a vocal jazz band. And like, to me, the whole thought concept of jazz was a joke. It's like, what you guys sing? What? Like, yeah, you should try out for the jazz band. What time do you guys practice? Oh, at like 6.15 in the morning? Something ridiculous. Anyway, so my brother and I both joined the, the vocal jazz band. And, um, and like I DJed one of the high school dances. We were very popular. But it was strange having come, you know, I wasn't popular in Texas. But I figured out some things. And then because I got that fresh start in Oregon, my junior year, I was able to like. So I have a, so to introduce this, this fact about you. Well, before you do that, may I ask two questions directly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Go for it. In the intro and the lead up, you said your, your niceness, like you, you're, you're a nice person. It makes you happy to be nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you know this about yourself before this ex- social experiment you ran to find out about the popular kids? No, I actually, that was, I mean, I've always enjoyed being helpful. I think it kind of like set in my mind that, uh, that that's who I am. Probably like eight to 10 years ago, I used to play a lot of video games. I was a very big, uh, gamer. <laughs> And I, when I moved to California, I would come home from work and just play Diablo for like six hours, eight hours, and then go to bed. And at some point, I started doing some volunteer work. And I would go volunteer for a few hours and come home and feel amazing. And then play some Diablo and get done with it and be like, what just happened? I just, I sat down at my computer and three hours of my life just disappeared. And I have nothing to show for it. And I've, like, the world's not a better place. I'm not a better person. Um, so the more I started volunteering, the more I realized, oh, this is what makes me happy. Like, this is, but also just in life in general. Like, I'm the person that's walking around looking for a car that needs a jump start or someone that's, like, locked their keys in their car. Because, like, that's my Sudoku. Like, helping somebody get out of of a situation like that just I, I've I love that so the last follow-up to the early part is you said you and your you brought your brother in to the conversation you guys were both popular in Oregon no or just you oh yeah no, no, no. yes we were both popular in Oregon and he's younger he's a year and a half younger did you teach him what you learned or did you no <laughs> no Kevin Kevin uh, in high school was uh, basically like Robert Smith from The Cure. I mean, he literally would like smoke cigarettes in the garage and drink black coffee, like pots of coffee, and play The Cure on a five-string bass. He's really good at playing the bass, by the way. So it was, it was. Uh, but he had that long black dyed hair, and he he's a super nice guy. He's kind of the Han Solo of the family. Where he's like, he's just a wonderful, uh, intelligent, kind person, but he comes across as like a little bit gruff, a little bit of a, you know, the scoundrel of the family for no reason. Like, it's just his persona, but he's the, he's the sweetest guy, but 
So he's just he's just got kind of a superstar personality ish yeah. thing yeah. Yeah. going yeah. for him, if you will. Right, Keith. Um, yeah. So yeah, so kind of a parallel track because I want to bring <clears throat> this in because that story is fascinating based on this factoid about you that we'll introduce now is that you have a mild case of this thing called face blindness. So before we talk about that, what does that mean? So, yes, um, I have a weird brain where I can eventually recognize faces, but it takes a long time. Um, and uh, like a good example, in pre-kindergarten, there were two girls in my class and... I thought they were the same person for several weeks. And then one day I realized that, oh, that's not one person. Those are two different people. But... Hmm. Like, it, you actually, for a while, saw them as one... Like, you... Like, you wouldn't... Like no, each like, time you saw you each one was, of yeah, them, and you and didn't like know they were like, different If they're people. standing next to each other, then clearly they're two separate people. But then, like, if I'm talking to one of them... Your your brain stores your conversations linked to the person that you're talking to. So, the the thing that I've kind of like, once you figure out this is happening, it's like, oh, that's weird. And by the way, here's I've, here's how you know that it's happening. You listen to the NPR program where they talk about it. And if you start bawling like a baby, then you probably have it. Like that, was, that's your, that's it, that's the Invisibilia has an episode about it, right? Um. Yes, I think they do. Yeah. yeah. And I know like yeah. extreme cases, like people program. can't recognize their children. Yeah. So, my... But, like... Right. But I was going to... Is that really how you figured that out? Figured out that you... Yeah. So, my... And it, it was, it was my, that young? Well, no. When I was that young, like I was like, oh, that's weird. And wrote it off. My sister is an early child, de- early child development specialist who specializes in autism. And so she and her group of coworker friends like know all the weird things that can happen to people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, uh, this is 10, 15 years ago. I was like, hey, I remember this weird thing happened in pre-K. Do you or your friends know what that is? She's like, I have no idea. I have no idea what that is. That's, so, uh, And I joined team and training do you guys know team and training no it's this wonderful cult that sucks (laughs) you in and trains you to run half and full marathons although they when they suck you in you're like oh i'll do a half they're like why don't you sign up for the full because it's you run the same (laughs) and you fundraise fitness fitness cults they're 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 everywhere this is great because it's not so much a fitness cult they raise money to cure leukemia and lymphoma so which um, is cool it's cool the world's getting better i hate running hate it but after a year of bad blind dates got suckered into going to one of their meetings, they suckered me into signing up for a half, which ended up being signing up for a full. I've run five marathons now. Not very fast, but I have completed five marathons and yeah. I actually found my wife uh, at one of those marathons. So it worked out. It did work cool. out. So join team and training. Uh, it's really hard and you'll run marathons and you'll raise lots of money and maybe you'll meet someone. But anyway... 
plug. So I, yeah, that's definitely like they they do good things, it's, and they've it's done good. good the cult. It's, it's in it's, you. It's the oh my god, yeah, no, they <laughs> like you wear all the swag, and you you yell go team to people wearing purple, and it's like it's a thing. Like, but, do you do that when you see people on the street oh my wearing god, purple, yes. and they're like, nah, man, I'm just this is our these are our gang colors. You know, you know, <laughs> oh, you know, you know the TNT you know, purple. It's it's yeah. identified. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> so. But it's and in our group, it's like five guys and ninety-five women. For some reason, which guys be more philanthropic? Get out there and like do something. And there are a bunch of women you can go yes. run with. That's the point. But what would happen is I would run with these women, and then the next week I would run with a different group, and then the week after I'd run with someone else, and I. I'm running like 12 miles, 16 miles, 20 miles, and we're having all these conversations, but I can't remember who I've had them with. And so, and it's starting to bite me in the ass because uh, now I'm running a few weeks later and it'll be like, I forgot that this person is who I talked to. But at the same time, Facebook is becoming popular. And I'm looking at like, here's a picture of the Sunday run. I don't know who any of these people are. Hmm. Or like, oh, I've run with her for two years. Like you're running every Sunday for like, I don't know, five months or something. And now it's season two. And I'm like, what's her name? I should know her name. I should like, like I've, I've talked to her like 20 times. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I don't know her name. What is wrong with me? And so I started using Facebook as flashcards. So I would like go to a group photo and then click on the person and see who the mutual friends are. And like to this day, I do it where like it was my birthday and, you know, I recognize your face now, Rod. Now. Now. After it took a while. Yeah. So if you walked up to me in the street and said, howdy, I would, you know, we're all good. Uh, But like last week, someone who I've met, I don't know, 10 times. To be fair, she was wearing a raincoat, and in LA, raincoats, like... Who does that? Who does that? But I thought she was a stranger, <clears throat> and it's my neighbor from, like, th- three units down. I see I've you been every in their house. Day. So, um, but then as soon... But I know... I have all the skills to recover you, from You that. told me once that you pick up... Like, you can tell when somebody recognizes oh, you. Oh, yeah. So, you respond to that. Oh, yeah. But also, I respond to people... Like, I like everybody, I like every, I don't trust people until I like get to know them, but I like everybody. So I approach everyone with a generally friendly attitude, not that creepy. I know you, but like just a positive and I can see it in somebody's eyes right away when they know me, you know, like I'll be walking down the beach and some guy was like, Hey, I met you like five years ago. I was like, Hey, great. You know, I don't, I have no idea who you are. Right. So that happens to me all the time. So uh, like first week at work, I it's it's this mad scramble of trying to memorize faces. And at my job currently, there are two people who I know are different people, but their faces are confused in my mind. So it's funny when they stand next to each other, I could be like, "Yes, you two are very different people," but when I'm having a conversation the recording doesn't always go into the right bucket of who I'm talking to. And the terrible analogy that I made is like, if you don't play guitar and somebody like hands you 
like a, a guitar, like a Fender electric guitar. And you're like, oh, and you hang out with it for an hour and then they take it away. And then like a week later, you go into a guitar shop and you look on the wall. You can be like, oh, yeah, that that guitar that I held, that was an electric guitar and it was blue. Um, well, that's a blue electric guitar. I guess it could be that one. I mean, it's not that bass and it's not. But and if somebody put a different strap on it. <clears throat> you know, and you don't play guitar, you, you wouldn't would. recognize, or even if it was like a very similar, <clears throat> but it had like different pickups and different, if you're not a guitar nut, they all kind of look the same. But if I give you a guitar and you hang out with it for a year, right, then you'll, you can walk into a guitar shop. I mean, even though you don't know guitars, you can be like, oh yeah, that's that guitar that was in my living room for a year. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's like that. So would you, so thank you for laying that out because when you're telling your story, the experiment that you did with the popularity kids, would you say un, maybe unbeknownst to you at the time, that is maybe why you did it in a way so you can kind of figure out those differences do you think that played into it and do you think that plays into your interest and intrigue into computers mm, no but maybe so one i just haven't really hmm. thought of that but i i think that so my particular set of skills one thing that i really enjoyed <laughs> just go liam neeson oh yeah i did i did <laughs> he did i taken watch out rodney he's gonna get i you. have a natural ability to understand how things work and a natural desire to see the insides of things. So, uh, I have a, I have a, but not people, right? Yeah, no. And especially people. And I think that that's part of it yeah. because so here's not a, a Dexter I will, type way. And I don't normally share this stuff. So a couple of things that I just want to preface, they say that the most important <laughs> thing is your name. That's not true. The most important thing is your face, because when you tell somebody you don't recognize their face, that, the the shittiness that you get or like that angst of like oh i forgot your name like there's like a oh and you see it in their face when you tell somebody you don't recognize their face you have just kicked them in their soul like it's a horrible mm. thing so here's a their funny, name was given to them their face is them yeah their face is them people people recognize generally yeah. faces but everybody forgets right names, but, but right it's like oh but yeah. and that was one of the things is like i'm bad with names but i'm like i'm like real bad with names i don't remember your name and rodney's mm. name takes me about a half a second to pull out of and that like since i've mentioned it this morning since i've said rodney it's like in the queue but like chris maybe i don't know uh, and yeah, what's funny is i if i can see it written on paper then i can pull it up but here's the thing i don't know anything about you you and I, we yeah. had a brief phone call, which was fun. I know that you, you're an intelligent person and, uh, I've enjoyed talking to you. I don't know you. Like, you don't really yeah. exist until yeah. I understand yeah. what you are on the inside. And since your face means nothing or very little, like at some point, I'll recognize your face. Not tomorrow. Mm -hmm. If you came walking up to me like an hour later on the street, one, well, that would be weird because you're, far away but like i wouldn't re i wouldn't recognize you at all and uh, but for the people listening we are doing a skype call right now so we're all looking at each other at the moment yeah just throwing that context out there but yeah yeah right 
Rodney's not wearing any pants, just for the record. He, <laughs> he, he runs hot, is what he was saying. He, so, um, like it yeah. Hot. So, yeah, but once I understand, a, that's the thing, is like, once I understand who you are, once I've gotten enough, like, context clues and conversation, and I'd say it's like around 15 hours of, like, hanging out with a person, and I'm just making up numbers, because, like... I don't know. You haven't run the analytics but, on that. Right. One. But once I, I put together the pieces of who you are, then like it all like congeals together and I can like pull it all together and be like, now I know who you are. And I, I can, I really understand people just like I really understand uh, the inside of a thing. And then it makes sense. Like then your face fits and then your name fits. But, but, but right now you're just like a chunk of meat. You know? Yeah. So pretty much. Yeah. Pretty I mean, much. easy yeah. on the eyes. So, so wait. does it bother you okay. that wait, does it bother you? You don't know my name right oh, now. Oh yeah, it's horrific. It's her. It's so, Keith. Keith. Can you write it down, Rodney? For him? I can't. I'll I'll remember it now because now like people are listening. But I, it's just funny how. <laughs> but but know that I said your name to myself probably twenty to thirty times. After meeting you, because huh. they're like, "Oh, repeat the name in a sentence." You know, so, Keith. It was right. so nice to meet you. Like, I do right. all of that, but like when I met Jesse, my wife, I probably said her name in my head five hundred times. About and so what's do funny? You ever do the association thing where you like? Yes. So like, there's this guy I work with. His name's Nick Hill. So like, uh, the first time I met him, I saw a nickel. Above his head. Yep. And, and I, well, yeah. I forever see a nickel. It's weird. Yep. But. So I do the association with like another person with that name and like, but names mean nothing. Like if, if your name was like flower and you always wore a flower in your hair, then yeah, that makes sense. But like that whole what's in a name, like, yeah, like there's nothing unless your name literally, you know. So, so. So this is interesting because this goes into the philosophy that you have about people and how, like, when you think about just our mission of more in common and getting to know people before we make assumptions about people, you functionally have a difficult making assumption, difficulty making assumptions about people. Is that, that fair? Is fair? Yeah. Or, and so it is necessary for your survival to literally get to know people in order to know yes. people versus what our brains generally do to simplify this process is take general information, map it to our biases that we've been taught over time and create some sort of snapshot of that person's identity. You, you can't do that. So as a result, you get to know people better, which I'm fascinated to learn more about how that works for you and what that means for you because I think it's something that we could all do better. You just have to do it. We should do it, yeah. right? No, kind that's that's a good point. And so when I approach a person, there's a few things. One is I'm I am very aware of my surroundings. Just I like to think of myself as a survivor. Um so I don't want to like, just, like, look up and realize that I am in an unsafe environment. And I live in Venice Beach, and so there are various degrees of crazy around here, most of which is harmless, but some is, you know, not. And so, 
I do a lot of eye contact. I do a lot of eye contact. I do a lot of smiling. And one, I just enjoy, I'm a native born Texan. We make eye contact. We smile. We say howdy. Like it's a, it is fun to be nice. But in addition, it's nice to look at someone, smile, and then when they smile back, you're like, okay. We're good. We're good. This person's probably not going to stab me in the face. And I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a CEO. I don't care if you're a janitor. Like, your job does not define you. I don't care if you're homeless. Like, that doesn't define you. And the philosophy that I came up with is it is fun to hate sometimes. And some people make a habit of it. Like it's a hobby of theirs. But if you're going to hate somebody and you hate them because like, oh, I hate Democrats or I hate uh, Mexicans or I hate whatever, that's that's just lazy. It's lazy because people are unique and different. And you might have a Democrat that like feels the same way that you do about stuff or, uh, it, but the, the thing, <laughs> but here's my point is that it is lazy to hate a group. It's just, it's poor form. And if you're going to hate someone, you need to take the time to get to know them and hate them on an individual basis. So let me talk about Nazis for a second. Here's, here's <coughs> the thing. <clears throat> World War II. We hate the Nazis. The Nazis are evil. Okay. All right. So if a Nazi mommy and a Nazi daddy make a Nazi baby, is the baby born evil? Or does it turn evil on its 13th birthday? Like, when when does that happen? Also, war is over. Hooray. And now we're like, you've made amends and we're like moving on. And let's say it's like 50 years later. Um your grandfather was in the Nazi party. Is he still evil? Do I still hate him? His grandfather or the grandfather or the, the, the grand, the grandfather. Oh, okay. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't suffer sins onto the child, but, well, but, but like, but like clarifying. if you, so like, are we cool now or are we not? You were a member of the Nazi party. And the thing is you have to take it on an individual basis. Why did he join the Nazi party? Was it because they were taking people out and shooting them if they didn't sign up? Or like, is he genuinely like full of hate for the Jewish people? And he was like, oh yeah, like let's jump on this bandwagon. And does he still hate them? Like you judge people on what they do, not the groups they're associated with. So like a real like sad moment for me was when what was it? Bush said like uh, everyone and uh, every member of nice ISIS is evil. All, all, all ISIS members are evil. Well, we're fucked now. Like, but, but once you say that, all right, ISIS recruits somebody, mm. right? And if I believe that they're evil now, now that person's evil. That person's not evil. That person may do evil things. And that person may have been evil before, like, and the whole getting into evil or whatever is a big thing. But that group association, Mm. you shouldn't hate someone because they're a member of ISIS. And you shouldn't call them evil because they're a member of ISIS. You hate people because of what they do. But also, let's say that you hate the Jews or you hate ISIS or you hate black people. What are you going to do? 
you're either going to kill all of them, which people have tried real hard to do that with groups and typically don't succeed, or you imprison all of them, or like, what do you what do you do when there's like a group that you hate, but you just can't murder all of them? What you do is you work with them and hopefully change them on an individual basis so they're not doing bad things. Like we we cannot just like murder everyone that's in ISIS and then hope it goes away. It's funny because when you think about the reverse of using the ISIS example, when you think about the the reverse, the, the entity of ISIS generally subscribes to the belief that the Western way is evil. Correct. Right. Thus, all of us are evil. Right. In their eyes. But none of us would go, wait a second, I'm not evil. Like, or none of us would go, yep, you're right, I'm evil. We would all like, I'm an individual. I'm not everybody else. I'm not that guy um, who is, you know, raising their fist up and ready to kill you. I, I, I don't like what you do, uh, but I'm not evil. So why are you bundling me just because I live in the West? And I think you bring up this interesting point that we all succumb to this idea that adults are what they are by choice. Right. And just because somehow along the way, we made every choice that got us to the point that we're at. That means I'm an American. Yeah, I choose to be an American. No, I was born here. I was lucky, right? Someone who was born in El Salvador was born there. They didn't They didn't wake up and go, boy, I can't wait to be born in El Salvador today. And then along the way, their economic circumstances, their social circumstances, the, the parents that they have, the things that created an ecosystem around them that gave them different choices along that way, put them in a place that they're at. Sure, there's evil people out there who kill puppies when they're kids, ultimately wanting to kill kill adults when they're adults. That's a different set of individuals that's not super popular. Right. Yet, we all take this I- assumption that, okay, you are where you are, you chose it. Well, not necessarily. Like, you, you chose what you chose based on the options you had. And to your point learning more about what those options were to understand that person at an individual level to hopefully break down that barrier that sits between you and that individual that ultimately may represent a different group is so important but to your point it's hard i um <clears throat> with so i i typically agree with the group analysis ex- literally except for the nazis like that's the one exception Why? where i don't agree because I and I get up like oh like, no like like it's wrong to be violent but punch a fucking Nazi uh, no I, I didn't I, say that I, I didn't I, I didn't say that but when you're why? saying like judge them by the individuals and not the group mm-hmm. and and then you said well you can't exterminate a group of people and people have tried they got really damn they they did they they did work on that. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. Oh yeah, a whole lot. And it and and there's two kinds of evil. And I think the second one is probably the worst. There's the kind where I join because I want to take people out back and shoot them or put them in a gas chamber. And then there's the kind that that knows that that's happening and says nothing and does nothing. And I think 
or is complicit in the and action that's because how, of their own Because you know, fear. you know, Adolf didn't make it to office the first time he tried. Like he ran for office and didn't work out. He retooled his manifesto and came back. And people were like, "Yeah, we can get behind this." And he didn't start out as radical as he started, but it took a lot of people sitting around at coffee shops in Germany going, eh, yeah, you know, the Jews do kind of have all the money. So, yeah, maybe we should go ahead and just get rid of them. Or those gypsies, yeah, you know, like they, they rode along with it. And there's a lot of reasons. And we can talk like there's fear. But you're, but you're like, saying you two different about, things because your first point was like my one exception to like not hating everyone is the Nazis. And now you're just talking about the insidiousness of like sitting by and letting evil grow. I'm not saying that you should, like, one, I'm not saying that the Nazi party is good. Right, right, right. What I'm saying is the Nazi, that a person is not evil because they belong to a group. Oh, and that I agree with. evil because of what they do. And, like, I don't think the Nazi party should exist. I also don't think that people should be racist. So, if I meet someone that's in the Nazi party... uh. You punch them. I don't punch them. Oh. <laughs> One. Have I, you met anybody in the Nazi party? You, so yeah. So, like, we go camping every summer, and, like, I jump off of rocks into water because it's fun. Wee! Splash. Like, little rocks into puddles? Like, 20 feet and higher, like, yeah. into a river. And we're, like, splashing around, and there's this kid. There's, you know, all these families out there, and this kid... And he says his name is Arian, and I didn't think anything of it. And he's like, I don't know, 12. And, like, it's cute because he hasn't jumped from the high off things before. And we're like, you know, you don't have to do it. But, like, if you want to, we're, like, just making sure that nobody drowns, doing the, you know, sheepdogging. And uh, having a great time. Well, his family comes up and, you know, some uh, swastika tattoos. And I was like, Arian, oh, Yeah. His parents are Nazis or like just racist or whatever. Um, they were super friendly to us and You're white. I am white eyes. with bluish eyes. Um, but I, I can choose how to react at that point. If I come on as like, like I could have engaged them about the, the swastika, um, didn't really seem the time or the place to have the productive conversation, but I instantly go into defensive mode, which I am normally in, which is I, we each need to be a sword and a shield for those around us. And so you, like I didn't walk up and punch him in the face. If I'd walked up and punched him in the face, I would have just reinforced his hate. So what I need to do is Continue being kind to his family and be kind to him. But if I see him doing anything, like I think we had a few Hispanic friends there. And um, if he had said anything, I would have called him on it. And I would have done it with kindness. And then if I needed to punch him in the face... And that's a different. That's a but different if thing. You're judging it but, based on the situation. Of, yes. And and I get like, if somebody has a swastika tattooed on their body, you're probably probably never going to have a productive conversation about them not liking that association because they've made a 
really permanent choice. Right. It's it, that's like, that's a pretty tough sell. Like, <laughs> but to the but to the point, and we've all seen the stories about guys who have gone to prison and joined the Aryan Nation, or guys who were part of that ecosystem and have gotten out. And there's nothing worse than a brand, right? A tattoo is, you know, the swastika is a tattoo, and it's going to stay. Um, and you you've heard plenty of stories where these the these guys are now advocates for change, tolerance, and acceptance of others. And by not engaging, you never learn that. To your point, Ken, like getting to know that person appears to be part of a group. He's certainly made some choices, but his now actions could be having having he has removed himself from that. It's possible, group. yeah. I, I, um, I, you know, and 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 you don't know until you get to know that individual, or you put the shield up because you do need mm -hmm. that shield. Like you said, you walk down the street, and if someone's not making eye contact, I don't necessarily want to. I'm going to make sure that I don't get stabbed in the face, even though I don't think that person is necessarily going to. So there's an extra level of caution. But at the same time, you'll never know if you only tag them as the group that they seem to represent because you are putting them in that bubble and you are just shutting the door and locking the key and throwing right. it. So uh, I want to clarify. I, I agree. I, I, I misresponded. So I agree that... Uh, the the people may or may not be evil in the group i i i and that's individual i do think association to certain parties like if you were a captain in the nazi guard 40 or shit how many years ago now a lot of years ago mm -hmm. yeah you should still be like just because if you're not evil doesn't you should you can't be, be punished, punished for, for your actions your, yeah yes yes you should you're responsible for your actions yeah and that's the thing that but then the yeah. but like but to your point like al-qaeda Al um isis the taliban like there's a lot of reasons why people join it and i'm not saying that it's good like there are bad things that those groups do yeah however there's also the scenario where like a kid joins because Somebody knocks on his door and his dad was killed two weeks ago. And they're like, you want to get the people that got your dad? He's like, we're going to feed your family. And here's a gun. Yep. And let's talk about that real quick. So a couple of things there. One is that if you, if you guys can bust into my house and then you take me and you torture me and you kill me, my wife is going to hate you. My family is going to hate you. Their kids will hate you. Their grandkids, the great, great, great. Like that hate can go on forever. If you guys kick down the front door and you zip tie me and you take me to prison and you treat me humanely, you follow Geneva Convention rules and uh, once whatever happened, either I've served my sentence or like the conflict is over, you return me to my family like, my wife will be mad at you. I'll be mad at you. My kids will be mad. Their kids won't give a shit. Like, the, and their great-grandkids. Yeah, like, oh, my I God. <laughs> they zip-tied grand-great, you know, great I, I heard Grandpa got a massage daily. Yeah, they. I heard that they fed him well and that they didn't torture him. Like, that ends. Like, the troubles. So, you're, the you're saying that we perpetuate the cycle that we're in? Yes, yes. If we had some kind of, like, non-lethal ways between, like, flashbangs and zip ties and, like, if we could incapacitate 
a conflict. If we could just shut it down, put them away, treat them decently, let everybody chill out, and then like let them go. Especially if you had some kind of like reform, you know, program of like let's let's teach you how to be kind. You know, maybe a little clockwork. Orange clockwork. Yeah. That's exactly what I, I but, was going Kubrick. But but the idea once you start using lethal force, like it all falls apart. Oh. It's 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 game theory, right? It's you know, I my actions are based on the assumption that your actions are evil, and vice versa. Their actions are based on the assumption that our our lives are evil. So we will always continue to create this ecosystem where. We functionally believe in Western culture that ISIS is evil. And ISIS functionally believes that Western culture is evil. And if we prove that out over and over and over and over again, it will just constantly be a cycle until there's a glitch in the system, to your point, that says... That completely disproves that theory, and it has to be at an individual it, basis. It feels like we do that in our political system, too. Democrat, Republican, like we prove Well, that out. was going to be my point, because it's really complicated with, with systems like the Nazis, and these are the extreme examples that make it easy to represent the discussion that we're having. But the problem that we ultimately face is that we do that at a less threatening level. Democrats do that with Republicans. Republicans do that with Democrats. We we do that racially uh, to the point where there's no lethal force. It's just this assumptive behavior. Well, somewhere there's lethal force. Well, that it fair, but it regardless to to Ken's point about grouping is. It, there's so much complexity to the grouping that it's not just, oh, I'm grouping you in ISIS or, or Nazis. I'm grouping you as this. I'm grouping you as the people that live on A Street. I think you're bad. And I'm grouping you as people that live on C Street and you're good when you have no idea who the individuals mm-hmm. are. And it can go down to that simple component of things or representation. Of so a, a great example of that. I have gone to this event called Camp No Counselors, and it's summer camp for adults. And you gonna take me? Yeah. Can I go to there? Yeah. Of course you can. Okay. It's super. It's great. It's great. Um, the first one I went to was here in California, and it was very much just a, a quick thing on it. it. You know, it's summer camp for adults, so there's alcohol involved. Uh, the one I went to around here was just. It was one of the first ones. It wasn't. Uh, like advertised a lot and it was just a bunch of adults that like to play and have a good time i then went went to one outside of san antonio and that was a crazy hookup camp where like it was very um there were a couple of different groups of people there were some people that were there just to have fun and play and i'm married my wife sent me She's like, try not to sleep with anyone. And I was like, okay. I'll try. I'll try. I'll, I'll do my best. I honey. was very successful. Um, and so, you know, it's just like water slides and like rock climbing and all that great stuff. But then there's a group of people that are just, you know, doing their hookup thing, which bless, like, good for you. Do your, you do Bless you. up, son. But just know that like there's different types of camp no counselors. Sure. So when I plug it, know that your experience may differ depending on where it is. So it's all like arts and crafts and people are playing together and having a great time and everyone's having a super fun time and we're all doing great. And then they're like, all right, we're going to do the color wars. And I'm like, the what? We're going to randomly break up into teams and there's like a red team and a blue team. And then we're going to have these competitions. 
And the first year that happened, I hated it. I hated it. And the second year, this will, so the second year I'm talking to my friend and I'm explaining to him why I hate it. And, and I was like, here's the thing. They've created two teams just so that you can be like, oh man, you're on my team. We're the best. We're awesome. Fuck that other team. And, and it like for no reason, it's literally mm -hmm. like a flip of a coin. What team you're on, but it gets, people get so into it that it ends up being like a representation of like every war and every bad thing that can happen to people. And my friend, he's like, eh, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I don't really agree with it. These two guys walk up to us and they're like, hey, what team are you on? And I'm like, blue. And he says, fuck you. And he says, what team are you on? Green. He's like, yeah. And then they walk away. We, the color wars had started like 15 minutes ago. They had just assigned teams. And he looks at me and he's like, it you're right. You're, you're right. You're right. It's, it's, it's fascinating how we as humans, and it's interesting, Ken, because I'm with you. When I was in high school, I was very much a, yeah, I'll hang out with anybody. And I, I've never really gravitated to being in a group. Um, my wife always laughs at me because I hate being identified as some broader group. Yeah. No, actually, I, <laughs> I, I no. What's on your, I can see your hat for our viewers at home. Tell them what's on your hat. Red Sox. Oh, everybody knows I'm a Red Sox yeah, fan. You, yeah. Okay. I like, I think that organized sports are one of the worst things ever because oh, I love playing sports. If you guys want to go play like a thing, let's play a game. Let's have some fun. I also love it when a game ends in a tie. I think the, the best case scenario is a game. Everybody huh. tries their best and it ends in a tie. So do you like soccer? Yes. Because it can end in a tie. But I, yeah, yes, I do like soccer. I'm from Texas. We all does. played soccer. I call it football, but. Um, oh, look at you. But, but here's the thing. Like, I have seen people, like, on Facebook upset, like, crying because their team lost. Or, like, angry because somebody said something bad about their team. Like, people, their emotions are so pulled. And I, th here's my theory. Uh, a lot of people, they did stuff when they were younger and now they're older and they don't really do anything. They go to their job and they got married and they are living vicariously through this thing. They, they take personal worth by this group that they associate themselves with. So if your son is on the Red Sox, if your daughter is the coach of the Red Sox, uh, if like if you have some kind of a, if you are the coach of the Red Sox, then yeah, get upset when you lose and get excited when you win. If you just happen to like, I went to UCLA and your UCLA sports ball team like loses. You didn't train those people. Yes, you went to school there, but like, don't take self-worth from your team, the team that you picked winning, and don't take, like, don't get upset when your team loses because it's just some weird arbitrary thing and it's something to be like, oh, hey, you're a Red Sox fan. Yeah, go Sox. Go, go big red ball, yeah. whatever the hell you thing is. Uh, that you say to each other, like, yeah, we're a Red Sox fan. And you, you're, you know, you're a Yankees fan. 
eat a dick like and and <laughs> they'll they'll talk about it like in a jokey way sometimes but then like but you see it you the spiral mm-hmm. that thing from like uh there's us and there's you haha we're laughing and then it's like at a game and the number of people that like how many people have been murdered at like a football game or a baseball game and how many fights have there been a lot about something that doesn't that. even matter and it's because ago. i see people taking personal self they take self-worth their their self-worth is based on this thing that they've associated themselves with and i feel like it's it's, that like the the democrats and the republicans if i'm like fuck you democrats or fuck you republicans and you're a republican i have now attacked your self-worth because i've attacked the group that you're associated with so so what's interesting about the 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 we are a social species, right? Mm-hmm. So we gravitate towards commonality where commonality exists in a very simple manner because that's just generally how our brains work. And what's interesting about just kind of side back to the to the color wars at the camp, there's been studies that like if if I'm assigned to a movie and I just got a part of an orc and Rodney got the part of an elf, all the orcs end up eating together and all the elves end up eating together for no reason other than the part that they were assigned because we we strive we yearn for commonality it's when that commonality creates not just an us an in-group uh, perspective but a them out-group perspective to me and kind of going back to your say because i have no i have no issue with sports other than the spiral that can occur because obviously i'm a sports fan and if i had an issue with sports i'd have issue with myself um which i don't have but if i were to then say because okay yankees i don't like the team but okay you're a fan of the yankees okay have a nice day I don't like your team, but that's just on the field. That's just the nature of competition. But I have no judgment of you as a Yankees fan simply because you're a fan of the Yankees or the Jets fan because I'm a Patriots fan. Uh, That's where the problems start to occur. It's, oh, you root for them. Therefore, you're rooting against me. Yes. I like to say um, that is not at all the case or shouldn't be the case. And that's what we need to break down. I like to say uh, it's it's funny. Like so, the biggest rivalries, uh, you, you know, there's like a one or two players, or maybe a coach. Like, oh, we hate him. We don't like you know because they're on the other side. And I'm like, I usually like to say to people, uh, like, you hate him only because he's on the other team. Because if he was on your team, especially if it's a good team, like if he was your coach, yep. you'd love him, right? Like mm-hmm. you'd actually probably, if he was on the market, you'd probably want him to be your coach because he's actually a really good coach. And that's the, like, there's a truth to that, and you're lying. Like if you say, "Oh, I hate that coach. That coach sucks," and it's just because of the coach of another team, you're lying. You're lying to yourself, or you're lying to other people. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I hate the Yankees. Which Yankees? Because from what I understand, the people shift on and off, and the teams change. Do you <laughs> Are hate? They ever the do you same? hate the Yankees yeah. throughout the, the history of their time? Then you're just racist. But I hate this person, or I hate the mm. lineup they have this year. That's that's a valid mm. comment to make. It's it's that idea. My wife and I talk about this because we're both big sports fans. It's like, oh, I hate that guy. No, because you don't know right. him. I don't like the actions that person takes 
in the circumstance that I witness, mm-hmm. whether it's a actor or whether it's a, you know, a, you know the, the, the common one that we talk about is a Oklahoma's quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who acts a bit like a prick on the field, like a spoiled white kid. And we can easily say, I hate that guy, but I have no idea right. anything about him as a person. So, I just don't like what he does that I'm watching. Right. But otherwise, I shouldn't have any personal sentiment towards him that because hate is such a strong word and to say i hate somebody that i don't know simply because of one thing and usually that thing is the group that they're associated with Mm, is to your point a big part of that problem the me too movement so love it love that people are speaking out but like the statistics have been out for years that like 25 percent of women are sexually abused and some uh, shitty proportion of men are sexually abused. They, the reporting is off on that, so they don't know where it is. A lot of people are sexually abused, and that's awful. And then Bill Cosby's found guilty, and people are like, oh, Bill Cosby, but he's, he's like a modern dad, and he's so funny and stuff. You don't know famous people. And because I have mm-hmm. face blindness, one, watching movies is kind of awkward because <laughs> it takes a while for me to figure out who it is. And my wife is wonderful and she helps me out now. And it's, it's, it's nice. But I, unless I've hung out with an actor, I don't know who they are. And even if you have, you may not. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, so there's just a whole bunch of like... The thing that, so it doesn't surprise me, the Me Too movement doesn't surprise me. Um, It surprises me that somebody hasn't set a website up where people can just like out all of these people that have been abusing people and we can like finally come together. And because if it's 25% of women and and 10% of men, then we're not there yet. (laughs) Let's get it all out there. And, but don't be surprised if it's, you know, some, oh, I liked that person. I can't, you you like the role they played and blah, blah, blah. You like the public persona that they put forward. Like my wife and I literally had this conversation and, and she said, well, it didn't really surprise me that Kevin Spacey got nabbed, but it would surprise me if Tom Hanks did. But why? And to your point, why? I don't yeah. know Tom Hanks. And so I have a phrase that I use, don't confuse the artist with the art. Which, one, if Bill Cosby is making money off of you watching The Cosby Show, maybe you shouldn't watch it. But if he's not making any money off of it, like you can still watch The Cosby Show and enjoy it. Because that is a character that's being played. Yeah. Which is the weird thing with Trump, just briefly with Trump, is that his... The character that he played on TV was himself. He didn't like on the they called it the Cosby Show, which is weird. But his name was John Huxtable. Right. So Trump is the character, which and we as Americans hired a character to be in office, and so that's where and actors a lot of actors have a problem where they don't know when to stop acting. And so it crosses over into their personal lives. But like, if you mm-hmm. are separating the artist from the art, then no one should be surprised when anyone is outed because we know that so many people are being abused. A lot of people are doing it. So what I'm surprised is that the dam hasn't broken, that like everybody's not coming out and, and we're hearing it from, and I, and I, I am excited for that day when there's the, everybody steps up. 
Oh, to go back into something earlier, uh, the racist parents and the and the child, and when does the child become racist? And is it when they're twelve? Or are they like, do they get a tattoo? Or I, I thought that was a fantastic question. And the day that I felt that I actually understood how hate happens, like how racism and isms happen. I was watching college football, funny that we were talking about sports, and the Alabama quarterback, I don't remember who it was at the time, um, they showed a picture of him in a crib in an Alabama jersey with a football signed by his grandfather who was a quarterback at Alabama. So like he knew from the day he was born that he was going to be an Alabama quarterback and like nothing else mattered. And and for some reason, something clicked in my head. And I was like, well, it, it, and he could have made a different choice. He didn't have to be, but pretty good chance he was going to be. So, like, you take that same kid you, and you, and you, you give him to, um, two, two people who hate Mexicans. Like, yes, they can make a choice not to. And they're not born hating Mexicans, but, they're going to learn all the things to say and us and them and why we don't like why we don't like them and why we love us and blue eyes and whatever. And it, it, it's, it's, it's taught, it's learned, right? It's not like it doesn't pass through the genetics that we know of. I don't think. And it's a, it's an interesting taking that because then there are all those college athletes who were raised and poor. I knew I was going to go to this school. I knew I was going to go to this school. It was going to happen. And then I started getting recruited and then I started learning who the coaches were. And then I started getting to know people. And I realized, well, I grew up an Alabama fan. I actually think it's better for me to go to LSU. And I'm going to just suddenly now not like, and that is like Red Sox Yankees, right? Alabama, LSU, or Auburn. Auburn I'm sorry. Maybe Auburn, not LSU. And that happens all the time. But we don't think anything of it. But to Ken's point in representing this as a really good example of the us versus them ecosystems categorizing on groups, sometimes you might be part of a group for no other reason other than it's just the group you know when we're taught, when in reality, the group that you belong to is somewhere else. But until you get to know people of other areas and get to know individuals, you're never going to know. A lot of it's people are desperate to talk to other people and they need a common point of reference. And if you know all of Mm -hmm. the stats of this thing, then you can talk about that. But the point that you said is like, you're not born with that. You're born with a lot of code. There's a lot of instructions that you're born with and we don't know what all is there. There's like studies where like uh, people recognize, infants recognize the poisonous snakes and things. Oh, really? Yeah. But also like... We, we are a species that like, we have to have built into our system, all animals, the, like, to want to have sex, to want to eat, and to want to sleep. So, and maybe we're born with racist urges. I believe that we are. I believe it's part of our code. And like, I know that I see women and I'd be like, ooh, I would like to make the sex with her. That would be great. But, and that's, I think it's so important to acknowledge that, yes, you may want to have sex with other women or uh, you want to have sex with young women. You find young women attractive. That, like, you can't control how you were born. You choose what you do. You are not your urges. You are your actions. 
And so we need mm. to teach people, one, how, how do you deal with, I have an urge to eat that whole cake, that whole goddamn cake. I want to eat that whole cake. You probably shouldn't do that. And so we need to teach people how to fight those urges. And it's to join team and training and go run 16 miles. So I'm going to close up. I really, really appreciate this dialogue because one of the things about this, one, is how you get to know people given the limitations that you have and the importance of knowing people at an individual level rather than categorizing them in the groups that you associate them to. Thank you for joining us today. We really, really appreciate it, Ken, because it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, and I just wanted to say, like, the someone saying, hey, we're doing a thing and we want it to be successful and we want you to, like, that we want to interview you like that's this is one of the nicest things like what a compliment what a nice thing so thank you for having me on thank you for like uh being interested in what i have to babble about so this is great you you challenged our thought and it was it was fun it was i knew it was going to be good and fun but it went completely different than where i thought it would go and even if it's terrible i got a free breakfast burrito out of it I did so like I, <laughs> I mean really it's i win no matter what I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ken as much as we did recording it. As we leave you, again, we want to remind you, t-shirts available at moreincommonpod.com. Check them out. You can leave us a comment, drop us a note, shoot us an email. You can you can find us on Facebook at, at moreincommonpod, the same on Twitter or Instagram. Feel free to engage with us. We, we certainly want to spread the word of what we're trying to do. And in order to do that, you know, um, we certainly hope you can help us help us out. So have an awesome day.